Shalom Achim, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Today we are looking to start our week with some wisdom, some encouragement. We're going to be reading from the Psalms today. We're going to read Psalm 120, 121, 122, and 123. The reason we're reading so many is because they're all only like eight verses long. And I'm not going to have much commentary on these uh, short Psalms. Um, but yeah, we're going to be reading one, two, three, three of them, four of them. And uh, so hopefully you'll be encouraged and blessed uh, from those. Uh, and then we're going to continue our study in the book of Hebrews. We're going to be reading chapter 10. And I'll talk more. I will be giving more commentary when we get to chapter 10. There's some very important verses in there, some important theology in there. Um, as we start to get into some heavier stuff here in the book of Hebrews. So that is what is on the agenda for today. I want to thank for, thank all of you for your support and for your prayers of this podcast. You know, my dream is one day to be able to just pour everything into this five days a week. Will that ever be realized? It's hard to say. But I appreciate your support and your uh, prayers for the podcast and for myself and for my family. Um, it's far beyond what I deserve. Uh, the website, scriptureandprophecy.com. Please feel free to visit there and find all the archives and just links to all kinds of stuff that we've done uh, throughout the years. All right, without further delay, let's dig in. Let's start by reading Psalm 120 through 123. I'm not going to stop and say which psalm I'm in. I'm just going to read it all continuously. 120 through 123, King James Bible. Let's begin. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee? Or what shall be done unto thee, that thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of a mighty, with coals of juniper, Woe is me that I sojourn in Mesek, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, and even evermore. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, 
to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of maidens unto the hand of her mistresses, Mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our souls exceedingly filled with scorning of those that are at ease, and with the contempt of the proud. Okay, that is Psalm 120, 121, 122, and 123. And I would say out of all those, Psalm 121 is the one that really speaks to me right now. It's only eight verses. Let me just read it to you one more time. The writer says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even evermore. So that is our psalm reading for this week. Let's move forward. We're going to read Hebrews chapter 10, continuing our study in the book of Hebrews. Now, chapter 10 starts off with kind of a continuous continuation of the conversation from the previous weeks where uh, the writer is uh, talking about how the sacrifices that were made in the law never really appeased God and that's why Messiah had to come and be a final sacrifice for all and just pointing out that the sacrifice that Jesus made is far greater than the sacrifice of bulls and goats. But then it moves on from that and it starts to talk about some really famous passages. One that I've spoken about a lot lately. Um, and I wouldn't say a lot, but I've talked about it. Um, and uh, I guess we'll just wait till we get to it. But it's the one that says how important it is to not forsake assembling, gathering together as believers, as is the custom of some, especially as you see the day approaching. And so we may be tempted at times, especially right now, to be discouraged or because of there's so many apostate churches and it's very difficult to find real 
Christian people who really sold out to Messiah and it can be challenging. We may be tempted to just forsake gathering altogether. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, don't do that, especially as you see the day approaching, especially as that time is obviously drawing near. And then there's some more continuation of the conversation about the dangers of believing and then walking away from the faith. And we'll get to that when we get to it. All right, let's read Hebrews chapter 10. Let's begin. Verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually to make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast not, for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. To do the will, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them, and their sins and iniquity will I remember no more. Now remission, now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the promise of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. 
And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Alright, so let's stop there real quick. I've, I've already kind of spoken about this. But he's, he's talking about like, don't waver. Right, like, don't be like a blade of grass blowing in the wind. He says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. He's saying, don't waver. You can trust the, the one who made these promises to you. He's saying, let us draw near with a true heart, full of assurance of faith, and then he says, not, and then he says, let us consider one another. In other words, think about all the people around you, the Christians around you, your brothers and sisters in the faith. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more. So much the more as you see the day approaching. And now we're going to read the last half of this, verses 26 through 39, which deal with the waver warnings about wavering. Verse 26, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. Now, those are some very, very strong verses. And I would contend with you that it's a just a reiteration of what we read a few weeks ago. When it's talking about how you can't, you know, taste the the good, taste the light and come to the knowledge of truth and then walk away from it and you can't come back because you can't crucify Christ twice. And this is just another warning. Remember who the audience is. If you think you're going to apostatize and go back to Judaism or just abandon faith in Jesus, there, you, you, there's no coming back once you do that. He's not talking about backsliding. He's not talking about a, a season where you become a prodigal. He's talking about rejecting the faith after you have believed. He's reiterating the importance of you have to finish. You have to persevere in the faith. You have to finish this walk. You have to believe to the end. Here's what Charles Spurgeon says about those two verses. Let me read you some commentary. He says, Here the truth taught is that... If a Christian apostatizes, if he renounces his faith and goes back to the world, it is impossible to reclaim him. A backslider may be restored, but anyone who should willfully, after receiving the truth, reject it, has rejected the only Savior. He has rejected the only regeneration, and consequently, he is without the pale of the possibilities of restoration. The question is, Will any true child of God apostatize? 
That question is answered in this very chapter, but the truth here taught is that if he does, he goes into a state of absolute hopelessness. You see, the argument can be made that a true child of God is never going to stop believing. He's never really going to apostatize and renounce his faith. So you see right now all these musicians and church leaders and these big mega church areas saying that renouncing their Christian faith. You've probably seen this trend. Those people will not be restored. And it's probably likely they never truly believed to begin with. Many of us are at war with our own flesh, with our own heart, with, with the world. It's a, it's, it's a difficult road, right? You have moments of doubt. You have uh, temptations and struggles and you fall and you sin and you mess up. And it's just like, ah. And so you might get to a point where you go, am I even a child of God? If I was a child of God, why would I act this way or do this or think that? And you start to question. I would say, don't question. The scriptures say that if, if you do sin, and you confess that sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Finish the race in faith. Are you going to be perfect on your own? No, you're going to be made perfect by the blood of Christ. The real danger is if you walk away from the faith and say, I don't believe anymore. That's the ones who will go into a state of absolute hopelessness. But regardless of how low you've fallen, if you're still believing upon the name of Jesus, you are a child of the Most High. Now you need to get back on track. And you need to be praying and repenting and fighting and clawing your way back on that narrow path. But it's really all about trusting in Jesus. That's where it all lies. Alright, let's finish our study. Verse 28, He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. If how much more sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace? He's talking about those who would reject the faith. You know, trampling the blood of Christ underfoot. Verse 30, verse 30, yeah, verse 30. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, and I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Did you catch that verse? He's saying, call back to memory. Do you remember? But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, like after you believed, 
you endured a great fight of afflictions, partially whilst you were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions, and partially while you became companions of them that were so used. For you had companions, for you had compa compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. He's saying, don't stop believing upon this. Don't cast aside everything. Cast, cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. You want to know what your purpose is? It's to do the will of God, whatever he's laid out before you, and your life will be over when that's done. If you're still alive today, you're still walking around, you're not done. God has more for you to do. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God... You might receive the promise for yet a little while. And he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. He's saying, don't draw back. God has no pleasure in those who draw back. The just will live by faith. And besides, he says, we are not of them who draw back into perdition. In other words, go. we're not of those who reject the faith and go back into non-belief. But we're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. In other words, we believe until the end. That is our study for this morning. And I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed, that you've been strengthened, and maybe your heart's been pierced. And you're like, I've got to stop questioning everything. Stop questioning myself all the time and questioning my faith. I need to stand strong in my faith. Maybe I need to start gathering with other believers so we can exhort one another, especially as we see the day approaching. That's all I have for you this morning, my friends. I pray that it starts your week off right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support of this podcast. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.